So two of my favorite guys in the Bible are on display today, though admittedly I have lots of favorites in the Bible, both men and women. But the disciples, James and John, always make me smile because they are referred to as the sons of thunder. And while that might sound like something out of a Marvel superhero movie, it actually comes directly from Mark chapter 3, verse 17. And the two sons of Zebedee ignite my imagination because you don't acquire a nickname like that without some good reasons. Maybe I'm fascinated by it because I grew up with seven brothers and some of them probably would fit uh, that definition. Uh, I won't name any names because I think this is being recorded, but James and John are probably, or were probably, rough-hued guys. They were forceful and colorful characters and obviously very loud. They weren't likely to back down from a confrontation. In fact, they might have even looked forward to one. They could be very aggressive, and they could also be somewhat insensitive. These are the same two ambitious brothers who asked Jesus if they could sit at his right and left hand when he came into his glory. These gentlemen just said what they thought. And just like us, they were hopelessly human and in need of constant reminders of what it looks like to be invited into God's kingdom living. Today, the sons of thunder are feeling rejected because Samaritans refuse Jesus' hospitality. They, act, they react to rejection with rejection, but put a little more muscle behind it. Mere refusal of welcome is met with a scorched earth policy. And that sounds to me a little bit like our world today. James and John are ready to call down fire from heaven to consume the Samaritan village. This is where I like to picture the face of Jesus when they hit him with this suggestion, this idea. He must have been a bit astounded. Can you imagine, just for a minute, what his reaction must have been? They're headed for Jerusalem, so by this time the disciples had received years of instruction from Jesus. They should have understood that passion for revenge is the exact opposite of the way of Jesus. His disciples including all of us, must be able to return blessing for curse, love for hatred. Jesus said, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you, do to others as you would have them do to you. So Jesus rebukes their overreaction and challenges their mindset. James and John are not displaying either love for God or love for neighbor. They are mindlessly escalating simple rejection into a catastrophic reprisal. The better and more practical approach is to find a welcoming village to de-escalate the situation. 
The misunderstanding of James and John showed there is need for further training in the way of discipleship. That should give us all hope because Jesus never stops teaching. He wants to do the same for us each day. Allow us to grow in wisdom and age and grace. At various times in our life, aren't we quick to want to call down fire upon our enemies? It kind of goes with the territory of human existence. If we can identify the bad guys as them, we can claim the identity of the good guys as us. Calling down fire on them is often just the next step in the process. The disciples of Jesus in today's gospel story were simply expressing generations of animosity towards the Sumerians that they had all learned while they were growing up. And like everybody, they were not quick to let go of those lessons. Surely that stuff about love and forgiveness doesn't really apply to the Samaritans, does it? We encounter this same sort of prejudice and hatred and lack of acceptance all too often in our society today. When almost every issue seems to be elevated and voices are raised and things get heated and escalate rapidly. So many people talk, so few listen. Calling down fire is simply what we do when our animosity buttons get pushed. When steam comes out of our ears because something somebody says or does, or our tendency, then our tendency is to stoke those flames of fire. We complain about them to others, we gossip, talk behind their backs, and we find this defensiveness rising within us when one of our prized ways of thinking or acting are confronted. Such behavior doesn't just hurt us, it hurts others. The remainder of today's gospel emphasizes how challenging it is to be a true disciple of Jesus. The three unnamed people in the gospel who are called or promised to follow him represent you and me. And just like us, they quickly realize there's no part-time discipleship. We all face conflicts and difficulties. We have family responsibilities. We have to earn a living, children to raise, elderly parents to take care of, illnesses to deal with. When Jesus said the Son of Man has nowhere to rest his head, He's not complaining about the lack of hospita hospitality from the Samaritans. His point is that if we want to follow him, we too have to be prepared for suffering and rejection and challenges. We need to step outside our comfort zone and constantly reorder our priorities. Our Lord didn't always get the nice guy treatment. And as his followers, we won't receive anything different. Even so, our commitment must be wholehearted and complete. And I think all of us know many times that is not an easy thing to do. When we fail to follow the example of Jesus, the one he set for us, we should expect to be rebuked. 
Just as Jesus rebuked his disciples in the gospel, so he rebukes us today if we fail to love our neighbor as ourselves. But I believe that Jesus' use of this teaching technique is tender and collegial and intimate and is filled with obvious concern for our well-being. His style and message is truth and love. His rebukes don't leave us angry or confused, but rather they are filled with kindness and invitation to follow his example of mercy and peace. God transformed James and John. And at the end of their lives, these men who were known as sons of thunder became beloved disciples and saints. God made James and John into different people than they were before, before they met Jesus. And he delights in doing the same for each and every one of us.